Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education for August 2nd, 2014. My name is Kaden Behan, your host and a volunteer for New Heights. Today we're going to be talking about a very important topic, which is how to communicate effectively with your child and children as they grow older, um, which is something that I've learned now becoming a young adult myself that my parents could have done better. And, you know, I think that because my parents are very young parents, there wasn't as much advice columns and technology wasn't so um, informative as it is now. So I think that it's very useful for young parents and also children to learn how to communicate better effectively with each other to avoid conflict and to also strengthen relationship bonds. So before we begin, as always, we do have some announcements. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. To call and to speak with me or any of our hosts on any show, you can call our number 347-633-9225. To look us up online, you can visit www.newheightseducation.org or you can call our number at 419-786-0247. You can also email us for more information at newheightseducation at yahoo.com. Congratulations to Pamela Clark, founder and director of New Heights Educational Group, for her nomination in the 2014 12th Annual American Business Awards in the category Executive of the Year for nonprofit or government organizations. Pamela received the Bronze Award. More than 3,300 nominations from organizations of all sizes and in virtually every industry were submitted this year for consideration in a wide range of categories. And for recognition from Ohio, Ohio Governor Cassis and Lieutenant Governor Mary Taylor, we also want to say thank you to Representative Tony Berkeley and Senator Sabor who is president of Ohio Senate and their letter of recognition. 
We are thankful to all for our continued support. We are currently in need of a child of a volunteer speech therapist and teachers and tutors to work with an adult and youth students in Defiance and Sherwood, Ohio. If you're interested in helping out, please contact us directly again at our number four one nine seven eight six zero two four seven or email us at newheightseducation at yahoo.com. Now to dive right into the topic for today, we're going to begin with an article that I found very informative called Parent-Child Communication and basically discusses why parent-child communication is important. It was written by Kristen Dalton and Nicholas Long from the Center for Effective Parenting. Communication is sending of information from one person to another. Communication can be verbal, for example, one person talking to another, or it can be nonverbal, for example, a scowl on a person's face that will probably let other people know he's angry. Communication can be positive or negative, negative, effective, and ineffective. It is very important for parents to be able to communicate openly and effectively with their children. Open, effective communication benefits not only the children, but every member of the family. Relationships between parents and their children are greatly improved when there is effective communication taking place. In general, if communication between parents and their children is good, then their relationships are good as well. Children learn how to communicate by watching their parents. If parents communicate openly and effectively, chances are that their children will do so as well. Good communication skills will benefit children for their entire lives. Children begin to form ideas and beliefs about themselves based on how their parents communicate with them. When parents communicate effectively with their children, they are showing them respect. Children then begin to feel that they are heard and understood by their parents, which is a boost to self-esteem. On the other hand, if communication between parents and children is ineffective or negative, this can lead to children to believe that they are unimportant, unheard, or misunderstood. Such children may also come to see their parents as unhelpful and untrustworthy. Parents who communicate effectively with their children are more likely to have children who are willing to do what they are told. Such children know what to expect from their parents, and once children know what is expected of them, they're more likely to live up to these expectations. They're also more likely to feel secure in their position in the family and are thus more likely to be cooperative. Ways to communicate positively with children. Start communicating effectively while children are young. Before parents and their children can communicate, both must feel comfortable enough to do so. While their children are very young, parents should begin setting the stage for open, effective talk. Parents can do this by making themselves available to their children when they have questions or just want to communicate. Furthermore, parents who provide their children with plenty of love, understanding, and acceptance are helping to create a climate for open communication. Children who feel loved and accepted by their parents are more likely to open up and share their thoughts, feelings, and concerns with their parents. Sometimes it's easier for parents to feel acceptance for their children than it is to actually show it. Parents must demonstrate to their children that they love and accept them. Parents can do this in both verbal and nonverbal ways. Verbally, parents can let their children know they accept them through what they say. Parents should try to send positive messages to their children. For example, when a child picks up his toys after he or she has finished with them, parents can let him or her know that they appreciate it by saying something like, I appreciate when you pick up your toys without being told. 
When talking with their children, parents should be careful of what they say and how they say it. Everything parents say to the children sends messages about how they feel about them. For example, if a parent says something like, don't bother me now, I'm busy, their children may wind up thinking that their parents, that their wants and needs are not important. Non-verbally, parents can show their children that they accept them through gestures, facial expressions, and non-verbal behaviors. Parents should try to eliminate behaviors like yelling and not paying attention to their children. Such behaviors get in the way of effective communication. However, practice does make perfect. Parents must learn to show acceptance in ways their children will pick up on. Additionally, communicate at your children's level. When parents communicate with their children, it is important for them to come down to their children's level, both verbally and physically. Verbally, parents who try to use age-appropriate language with their children can easily understand. For younger children, this can be done by using simple words, for example. Young children are much more likely to understand the direction, such as no hitting your sister, as opposed to it is not acceptable to hit your sister. Parents should try to know that their children are able to understand and should try to not communicate in ways that their children would not be able to understand. Typically, parents should not, for example, cower over their children when talking or communicating with them. Instead, they should try to come down to their children's level by lowering themselves, either kneeling, sitting, sleeping, or whatever works. This will make eye contact much easier to maintain, and children are much less likely to feel intimidated by parents when they are eye to eye. Learn how to really listen to your child. Listening is a skill that must be learned in practice. Listening is an important part of effective communication. When parents listen to their children, they're showing them that they're interested and that they care about what their children have to say. Here are some important steps to becoming a good listener. Make and maintain eye contact. Parents to do this are showing their children that they are involved and interested. Children might get just the opposite message that their parents are not interested in what they're saying if minimal eye contact is made. Eliminate distractions. When children express a desire to talk, parents should give them their undivided attention. They should put aside what they're doing, face their children, and give them their full attention. If parents, for example, continue to read the paper or watch television, while their children are trying to communicate with them, the child may get the message that the parent isn't interested in what they have to say, or that what they have to say isn't important. If children express a desire to talk at a time that a parent is unable to, the parent should schedule a later time with which they'll be available to talk with their children. Listen with a closed mouth. Parents should try to keep the interruptions to a minimum while their children are speaking. You can offer encouragement, for example, through a smile or a touch without interrupting. Interruptions often break the speaker's train of thought, and this can be very frustrating for children. Let your children know that they have been heard. After children are finished speaking, parents can show them that they have been listening by reading what was said only in slightly different words. For example, you can say the phrase, boy, it sounds like you really had a good day in preschool after listening to your child tell you about their day. Not only will this let children know that their parents have been listening, this will also, also offer an opportunity for clarification. Keep conversations brief. The younger children are, the more difficult it is for them to sit through long speeches. One good rule for parents is to speak to young children for no longer than 30 to 30 to 60 seconds. 
and ask them to comment on what was said. My goal for parents to pass on information a little at a time while checking that their children are paying attention to and understanding what is being said at regular intervals. Parents should let their children decide when enough is enough. Parents can look for clues in their children that they've had enough, and some clues include visiting, lack of eye conduct, adjustability. Parents need to know how to communicate with their children, but they also need to know when their children are not capable of listening anymore. Ask the right questions. Some questions stop conversations along, while some can stop. While some can, excuse me. While some can stop conversations dead in their tracks. Parents should try to ask open-ended questions in their conversations with their children. Such questions often require an in-depth response that will keep the com- keep the conversation going. Open-ended questions that begin with words like what, where, whom, and how are often very useful in getting children to open up. Parents should try to avoid asking questions that only require yet and no answer. While asking the right questions can help the conversation along, parents need to be careful not to ask too many questions while conversing with their children. When this happens, conversations can quickly turn into interrogations and children will be much less likely to open up. Express your own feelings and ideas when communicating with children. For example, to be effective, it must be a two-way street. Not only must must parents be available to and must to and listen to their children for effective communication to take place, they must also be willing to share their own thoughts and feelings with their children. Parents can teach their children many things, for example, morals and values, by expressing their thoughts and feelings. When assessing their ideas and feelings, however, parents should be careful to do so in a non-judgmental way. It seems logical that the more parents open up to their children, the more the children will open up to them. Additionally, regularly scheduled family meetings are times to talk. One very useful communication tool for families with older children is the regularly scheduled time to talk. This can be done in a number of ways. First of all, there's the family meeting. Family meetings can be scheduled, for example, once a week or whenever there is something that the family needs to discuss. Families can use family meetings to iron out details of daily living, for example, chores, curfews, and bedtime. Family meetings can also be used to talk about different miscommunications or talk about problems within the family. These times can also be used to talk about positive things that have occurred during last week. What's important is that each family member be given a time to talk and be heard by other family members. Regularly scheduled times to talk and communicate don't have to be as formal as a family meeting. For example, families can use dinner hours each night the time as a time to catch up with each other. Admit when you don't know something. When children ask questions that their parents can answer, parents should admit that they don't know. Parents can use such instances as a learning experience. For example, parents can teach their children how to get the information they're looking for by asking them to use the library, using the encyclopedia, or using technology. It's far better for parents to show their children that they're human and thus don't know everything than it is to make up some answer that might not be true. Additionally, when you do know something, try to make the explanation complete. When answering children's questions, parents should try to give them as much information as they need 
even if the topic is something parents don't feel comfortable discussing. This doesn't mean that the parent must go into great detail. It is just important that parents know how much information their children need and then give it to them. Parents should make sure that the information they give their children is age-appropriate. Parents should also encourage their children to ask questions. This will help parents figure out just what information their children are looking for. Not giving enough information can lead the children to draw conclusions that aren't necessarily true. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Now how to deal with communicating during conflict. All families will have conflicts at one time or another. While such conflicts can be upsetting, they need not be too disruptive. There are many different things that parents can do smoothly to get through conflicts and keep the lines of communication open at the same time. And here are some suggestions. Work on one problem at a time. During conflicts, it is best to try to solve one problem at a time. It is not a good idea to bring up many different issues at once. This can be very confusing to both children and their parents. And when this happens, families quickly lose sight of the real issue. Look for creative ways to solve the problem. When trying to solve conflicts, parents should try to keep in mind that there is usually more than one solution to any problem. Parents and children should work together to find solutions that are agreeable to all parties. Learning to be flexible and solving problems is a great tool for children to have. If one solution doesn't work, parents should try to be flexible to try alternative solutions. Be polite. Parents shouldn't forget the ordinary rules of politeness simply because they are dealing with their children. During conflicts or any other time, parents should treat their children with the same amount of respect they would show to any other person. Children are people too, and they deserve to be treated with respect. Sometimes during the heat of an argument and disagreement, parents say things to their children that they would never say to another relative or close friend. And parents should make a strong effort to not do this. Use I messages. When discussing conflicts with their children, parents should always try to state the problems in terms of how they feel. For example, instead of saying something like, you never pick up your clothes like you're supposed to, parents should try something like, I feel frustrated when you don't pick up your clothes. By using I messages, parents are telling their children how the behavior makes them feel instead of accusing and or blaming their child. I messages are effective because children are much less likely to resist or rebel against something that is stated in terms of how the parent feels. Stating terms and means of I messages are much less threatening to children than accusing or blaming. I messages also show children how to take responsibility for their own actions. Parents who express their feelings in such a way are also teaching their children to do the same. Be willing to forgive. Teach your children to be forgiving by doing so yourself. How to avoid negative communication. Unfortunately, many parents aren't aware of just how often they use negative forms of communication with their children. These parents may, as a result, be planting the seeds of mistrust and low self-esteem in their children. This is why it's so important for parents to become aware and to correct any negative forms of communication they may be using with their children. 
This is a list of examples of negative communication, and parents should go through this list and identify any of these negative communication patterns that seem familiar. After parents identify these, as I read them out, mark them down and keep in mind to make changes. Examples of negative communication that parents should avoid. Nagging and lecturing. Nagging is repeating something that has already been said. Lecturing is giving more information, more information than needed without stopping to listen to others' opinions or ideas. Parents can avoid nagging and lecturing by keeping their conversations with their children brief. Parents should also keep in mind that once they have told their children something once, there is really no need to say it again. Instead of nagging, parents should use a consequence other than nagging, for example, a timeout, and their children do not do something they have been told to do. Nagging and lecturing cause children to stop listening or to become defensive or resentful. Interrupting. When children are talking, parents should give them the opportunity to finish what they're saying before speaking for themselves. This is a common courtesy. And children who feel that they can't get a word energized with their parents may stop communicating with them altogether. Criticizing. Parents should avoid criticizing their children's thoughts, feelings, ideas, and their children themselves. Children often see such criticisms as just attacks, and the results can be lower self-esteem. When necessary, parents should criticize behavior for what children have done, but not children themselves. Following on the path, once a problem or conflict is solved, parents should try to not mention it again. Children should be allowed to start over with a clean slate. Parents who are constantly bringing up their children's past mistakes are teaching children to hold grudges for long periods of time. Also, children need to know that once a matter is settled, it remains settled. Trying to control children through the use of guilt. This involves trying to make a child feel guilty because of their thoughts, feelings, or actions. Parents who use guilt to control their children may do great harm to their relationships with their children. Using sarcasm. Parents are using sarcasm when they say things they don't mean and imply the opposite of what they're saying to their tone of voice. For example, the parent saying something like, oh, aren't you grateful when a child breaks something? The use of sarcasm hurts children, and sarcasm is never a useful tool for parents who are trying to effectively communicate with their children. Additionally, telling children how to solve their problems is another negative behavior. This happens when parents jump in and tell their children how they should do things instead of letting them have some input and solutions for problems. Parents who tell their children how to solve solve their problems may lead children to believe that they have no control over their own lives. Such children may end up believing that their parents don't trust them, or they may resent being told what to do and as a result resist their parents' direction. Putting children down. Put downs can come in many different forms, such as name calling, ridiculing, judging, and blaming, etc. Put downs are detrimental, detrimental to effective communication and can damage a child's self-esteem. Children who are constantly put down by their parents often feel rejected, unloved, and inadequate. Lying. No matter how tempting it is to make up a lie, for example, to avoid talking about uncomfortable topics like sex, parents should not do so. Parents should try to be open and honest with their children. This will encourage children to be open and honest with their parents. Also, children are very perceptive. They are often are very good at sensing when their parents are not being honest with them, and this can lead to feelings of mistrust. Denying children's feelings. 
When children tell their parents how they feel, parents shouldn't make light of these feelings. For example, if a parent feels his or her child shouldn't feel sad about losing a baseball game, he or she shouldn't say so. Parents instead say something supportive. For example, I know that you really wanted to win. It's hard to do sometimes. With younger children, this can be done by using simple, concrete words. Children need to have their children supported by their parents. And parents need to show their children understanding when it comes to their feelings. If they don't, children will feel misunderstood by their parents. Now we're going to go through some examples of communication builders. Here are some examples of things parents can say to their children to help open the lines of communication. Phrases such as, I'd like to hear about it. Tell me more about that. I understand. What do you think about dot, dot, dot? What would you like to talk about? That's interesting. I'm interested. Explain to me. Effective open communication takes lots of hard work and practice, and parents should remember that they will not always be perfect. Parents make mistakes. What is important is that parents make an effort to effectively communicate with their children when their children are very young. The result will be a much closer, positive relationship between parents and their children. This is a very informative article that I really liked because I think that there are a lot of mistakes that just you as a person make as a parent um, that you don't realize have negative effects on your children and how you communicate. And I think it's very easy to kind of get lost in being the kind of dominant figure of what a parent is when you're trying to communicate well with your children. And I think that forgetting that can lead to more conflicts rather than understanding that children, too, communicate in the same way that adults communicate. And so it's good to try to, A, respect your children, validate their experiences, um, so that way you and your child can have a much closer relationship. Some more tips that I have, um, even though we're running out of time, I just do want to go through a little bit. Some basic highlights from... The next article that I wanted to talk about is um, Communicating with Children, How You Can Make a Difference, Sunlene Kavorian, and rule, rule number one for effectively communicating with your child is something we talked about before, is to listen. Additionally, remember that there's a power choice. When you're talking with your children, give them a choice whenever powerful, whenever possible. Allow them to feel that you two are talking to them rather than that you're talking at them and that you're telling them. To make conversations a two-way street rather than a power struggle. Avoid untrue statements, as we pointed out before, and things said out of anger and frustration. Be a source of encouragement. Make your conversations places of comfort. Avoid 20 questions or the drill routine. Make a point of being the initiator. Take time to share. Apologize when you're wrong and love your children. Tell your children you love them. Show them affection. Show your love by showing them that there is no better time than spent with them. Children model the behavior of parents. How you express and handle yourself will usually determine how your children will as well. Speaking honestly and clearly, responding calmly and listening carefully will occur only if children are provided with models and opportunities to practice. Kids need to learn to share more than just their belongings. They need to feel comfortable sharing their feelings, thoughts, and ideas. 
Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that these tips were very informational and helpful. There was another article that we didn't get to, but it is linked up in the description for the show. Next week's topic will be announced uh, on newheightseducation.org and also on our radio show link. Thank you so much, and please join me next week. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.